Too many who know the angles Uncover and untangle All the questions and the webs left out to tangle in 1962, last Wednesday's afternoon, they'll bend your ears with reckless self-abandon. The amazing spider talk, the amazing spider talk, come swing through the air, sit back and prepare for the amazing spider. Hello, I'm Dapper Dan Gavostin, and I own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, including the annuals, which definitely count. Ooh, you're coming out on fire, Dan. Well, I am Mischievous Marchinacchio, and I, too, own every issue of Amazing Spider-Man. But, Dan, those annuals, they just don't count. And you really need to accept that and and see see God and move on with your life, Okay. Well, Mark, you said I'm coming out on fire. It's easy to do that when you're hanging out in limbo. So let's get right to our conversation today. Welcome, everyone, to The Amazing Spider Talk, show where two fans and collectors uncover the strange, fun, punny, and fascinating history of the Spider-Man comic universe. Thanks for joining us for another of our review episodes of The Amazing Spider Talk. And Mark, I will say, we've been doing a lot of review episodes in a row here uh, as we bridge our way to season six, which, you know, we are starting real soon, we promise. So just hang in, everybody. Yep, yep. We're, 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 we're going to have a, a whole swath of seasonal content for you soon. Just just hang tight. But in the meantime, if you want to swing along with us on our journey through Spidey's past, present, and future, subscribe to Amazing Spider Talk on your favorite podcast app. Yeah, and this podcast exists because of the support of our Patreon members. So if you want to receive early episodes, exclusive artwork, and keep our podcast going, you can go to AmazingSpiderTalk.com where you'll see a big button that says Patreon, click on it, and you can consider signing up and supporting our show. Today on the show, Mark and I are going to be discussing Amazing Spider-Man Volume 6, Number 18, also known as 912. This issue is written by Zeb Wells. This issue's cover is from artist John Romita Jr., Scott Hanna, and Marcio Menez. The interior pencils are from Ed McGinnis, with inks by Cliff Wraithburn, plus colors by Marcio Menez, and this time he's joined by Eric Arseniega. And, of course, letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. It's also important to note that this issue was edited by Nick Lowe's evil clone, Albert Banazak. And I don't know how long this clone is keeping hold of this book and changing its tone to be lighthearted. For now, we got to deal with the machinations of that evil one. So this issue was first released on January 25th, 2023. Mark, it's time for our second Rec Rap Recap. Thwap. Thwap. Schwap. Or I don't know. I we're, we're, we're doing this. That's the bottom line. So we open on Madeline Pryor and the X-Men. Apparently, they struck a deal in one of the other tie-in books that I did not read. And now Pryor is faced with the arduous task of telling Ben and Eve to stop. Ben continues to go full Deadpool. You never go full Deadpool. And says he's not going to stop until Peter eats the apple and he can get his memories back. 
Ben rightly calls out Madeline for her hypocrisy here. She only wants to stop because she got what she needed out of the deal, right? But before I want to call out all the creators for once again trying to tie something else to power and responsibility, in this instance, it's a, a scythe? Scythe? I can never say this word, Dan. What is it? Scythe. A scythe. Okay, I'll get this right. It's like, it's like scissors, but a scythe. <laughs> because with great scythes comes great silliness. Yeah, nailed it. We're past the cold open, and now we're on to Spider-Man and Wreck-Rap fighting the Insidious Six. Excuse me, they're web-whanging. Is the H silent and whanging? It's then wall-crawling time, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm kinda giggling here at this. Wreck-Rap uses his trusted Spidey Spranger and the OG Spidey, and the OG Spidey has it from here. That brings us to some tense dialogue between Madeline and Eve. Madeline starts talking about heads and crowns like she's not literally begging to be double-crossed here. I mean, seriously, right on cue, Eve puts on her magical Frankenstein Halloween mask, and before she starts tap-dancing to a blue on the Ritz, she grabs the scythe from Madeline and throws her presumably to her death. Although my guess is even Marvel's current editorial isn't silly enough to have Hallow's Eve kill off one of their long-standing characters like Madeline Pryor. Spidey and Wreck-Rap keep fighting their way out of limbo while Jonah pretends to be a demon and hey, it works for him, so that's cool. Now we're back to Chasm and Eve and Ben is all bummed about getting screwed over by Madeline until Eve is there to brighten his day with the scythe after, and after a few beats to beg the obvious, that leads us to the creation of <sighs> King Chasm. Direct from his engagement as the boss battle in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze, played by Kevin Nash. <laughs> the good guys get to the portal back to NYC, but of course, King Chasm is super-powered and unstoppable, so New York City is damned and no one's going home. Spidey congratulates Ben for getting weirder. And then even Wreck-Rack takes his lumps here, and Chasm is ready to march to the overlands. So a dejected Spidey regroups with Wreck-Rap, Jonah and Robbie before he is joined by the X-Men and Madeline. And Madeline's all like, sorry for allowing that other guy to steal your soul and damn you to hell. But hey, he's got my army now. So we're going to have to have a moment. Go team. Wonderful, Mark. That was a great summation of nonsense. And, <laughs> and I, I appreciated your approach to it altogether. Before we get into this, you know, uh, I, I just kind of wanted to like talk about like tonal stuff as we have, uh, uh, you know, in, in these issues, which is to say like Zeb Wells has really taken a kind of silly approach to these titles, but Mark, have you read many of the other or any of the other dark web tie-ins? I, I honestly haven't Dan. I mean, it's, it's, I know I, to get a fuller context of what's happening here, I probably should, but like, we've already talked about the fact that this is not my cup of tea and I, I, I like I'm buying and reading these comics because I collect amazing Spider-Man and we talk about these comics on our podcast Dan so I, I, I just no I haven't the short answer is no 
Yeah. Well, I, you know, I actually think it's like a shame because I have really enjoyed this event outside of Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, it's not the strongest event I've ever held, but I think most of the dark web tie-ins have really kind of like threaded the line between silly and serious much better than this title. And most of them have landed in the realm of like taking it fairly seriously. And that makes this stand out even, even more because it, it also seems like it came from a very different like memo on what this event would ultimately be. And so like you have major developments happening in the other titles that like don't really match up with the stuff in this book. And the one I wanted to really point out that makes a really big impact on this title is the dark web X-Men book, which just wrapped up and showcased, you know, Jean Grey and Madeline Pryor, you know, exchanging fisticuffs and ultimately coming to a kind of empathetic, you know, mutual understanding where Jean Grey gifted her memories to Madeline Pryor. And you see the fallout of that in this issue. And it's so hard to go from an issue like that, which is like actually really well written and grounded and like really taking these characters seriously to an issue like this one where that's referenced and then you get a character turning into Frankenstein and defeating Madeline Pryor, who, let's admit, is a clone of Jean Grey and getting pushed off a cliff. Like, is that the best resolution to that arc? I mean, granted, she's not dead, but like like stealing her power by push like doing a pratfall, it just doesn't square with the stuff that we've been getting in the other titles. And I just don't really understand why Zeb took this approach. Cause and I'm, I'm sure you agree with me, Mark at this point, it's fair to say writing this so dumb is a conscious choice by Zeb Wells. How many, however many installments in we are, is this three or four? I forget. But like, like you said, this is a very conscious choice. I mean, probably the most toned down, version of the story we got was in the you know the dark web alpha or whatever the 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 kickoff which was meant to kind of kick off the entire event so i think that needed to be kind of a little more i don't want to say dumbed down because it's dumbed up or 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 dumbed less (laughs) i don't know but but you know what i'm saying right i mean am i or am i misremembering even how that issue was am i and am i confusing it with the prelude either way i feel like the very, very beginning of this was a little softer with the with the dumb edges. And then like the last three episodes of the last three issues of ASM have just like completely leaned into this tone. And that is that is an interesting point. I, I now now I kind of want to read these other points, but like I'm also I, like not to be like completely ambivalent about it, but like I I. I tried reading like Madeline Pryor stuff in like the 80s when she first started appearing in X-Men. And I was just kind of like, this is weird. I don't get it. So I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how much of this I really want to get into here. (laughs) Like in terms of like, do I want to go down this rabbit hole uh, of this story? But this is this tough stuff, Dan. There's just no question. But like you said, it's a conscious choice. So like if you want to grade it on that curve, it's like he's, you know, at least he's consistent. He being Zeb Wells, right? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we'll see, because Zeb Wells is going to write the finale to this. And and my guess is it's going to go back to the tone of the Dawn issue, you know? So, and that's the same guy. So, like, you know, he's not even consistent with himself, it, it seems. But I did want to say for listeners and, and for you, Mark, like, I, I would strongly recommend some of these other titles 
specifically the gold goblin issues, which I actually think have really successfully, you know, taken the threads established by amazing Spider-Man with Norman Osborn and done something really interesting with it. Like uh, those feel much more in tone with the amazing Spider-Man book that we were getting. What's interesting is like, like as much as I've liked many of these B books, you know, like the Mary Jane one and, and black cat one, which like weirdly hints at the status quo of Mary Jane and what's been going on with her. The more they kind of avoid dark web, the better they are. Like a lot of them have really kind of had it on the edges of the story. I, I like that a lot. Like venom actually really used dark web to play into its labyrinthine plotting in a really interesting way that's been building up to for a while. And you could see the uh, Ram V and Al Ewing, the writers of that book, using it in a really interesting way to, to, to motivate their story. So it's weird that like amazing Spider-Man just stands out like this, you know, and, and then I'll add one last thing, which is like, and it probably gets to some conversation we'll have later, which is if Jean gray, you know, you haven't read the issue, but in the issue of the dark web X-Men number three, Jean gray literally gifts her memories to Madeline prior. Like, and, and I don't mean like, she removes them from her head. She copies them and, 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 you know, makes her experience it, which may, like, makes me ask, like, couldn't they just do that with Peter and, and Ben? Like, like, there, like there literally needs to be zero sacrifice here. And maybe we're past that at this point. And Ben is just acting like Looney Tunes and that's just his characterization. But it seems like there's a very easy fix, like already built into this story and, Maybe we'll get it in the finale or something, but it, like reading this issue after reading the dark web X-Men number three makes it all the more like frivolous, you know, if it wasn't already super frivolous. I have pre opinions on that kind of outcome, but I won't get into that because that's just not fair or right. But, you know, obviously with all this silliness, I, you know, the, the, the characterization of Ben is, you know, something something interesting here throughout the story. And yet I will say for the first time in dark web, I, 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 I kind of sympathized with him at the start of this issue here when Madeline is just like, all right, we're done here. And he's just like, wait, what the heck? You know what I mean? Like, like that, that just like, I, I was kind of, I, I, I had two kinds of reactions to that. Both were of anger. One of which was like, you know, angry for Ben because it was just like, come on, like that's 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 not right. You 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 know, like you, you're you're that that's making him totally disposable. And then now, granted, obviously, it's not how it ultimately played out in the book. But like at the at the onset of the book, I was kind of like, are you bleeping kidding me? They're gonna like abort this whole thing now because because uh, of Madeline. I said like, you know, how how much are we devaluing Ben here in terms of this story? But they 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 did salvage that if you will but either way like what, what did you think of that whole interplay in the beginning there with with ben and madeline i i like it as a beat i wish i believed it more you know like i i have no reason to understand why madeline would would you know savage him in that way like there's no clue to it in dark web x-men number three she does suggest there that like it's time to put a close to this and bring the demons back etc because She's gotten what she wanted in in a fairly empathetic way. She's become a softer character, you know, as a result. And like, you know, I haven't read the X-Men comics with her, but like I can only imagine the like weight of history that goes into seeing Madeline Pryor, you know, get 
you know, healed in, in such a fashion uh, for X-Men readers. But yeah, I mean, uh, so like I, I like it as a beat, but I don't think that we've like built to this, you know, and like even Janine's like response where she's like, we're used to being shoved aside and we'll, we're, we always handle things on our own. Like that's consistent with the beyond arc. I think, you know, if the story was about that and, and I believed in the Ben character enough, like I, those beats would have worked really well for me. And like you said, like, uh, like even, even now with a flimsy story behind it, I still buy it, bought it a little bit. In explaining that kind of raised an interesting point, which is the fact that, you know, I think for X-Men fans, this resolution between Madeline and Jean is is interesting. I mean, I don't know what X-Men fans are thinking of this. And, you know, again, I don't know if I want to go down that rabbit hole of finding out. But <laughs> um, but the, the my point being is that this is a character and I kind of joked about this in in the synopsis, like. You know, Madeline Pryor has a lot more history and weight and gravity behind her in terms of her relationship to these characters and her relationship to Jean. And, you know, yes, Ben Riley as a character goes back 30 plus years with Spider-Man. But the fact is, like, this chasm development is, you know, nothing has been earned here, you know, like and it's and and. So much of this has been layered in silliness and 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 like sight gags and dopiness, frankly, that like, I don't know, like it, it's hard to like look at the weight, the weight of the two character, the two antagonists in this story and ultimately come away feeling that like we're really supposed to take the plight of Ben and Eve or or Janine with much weight anymore. You know what I mean? Like it, it just like, you know, per, per this, what we said at the very, very beginning of this review, the, this is a conscious decision, but I feel like in doing this, Zeb is like undermined the plight of his own characters here. Like, like, you know, maybe if he did treat them with some gravitas, like we would, we would care about all of this. I mean, from a subjective, you know, being very objective about it, like, Madeline was really being a hypocrite here, but like you said, is it really earned? I don't know. Not really. I mean, it's just kind of like, uh huh. Okay. Well, that's an interesting beat, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, it just kind of gets lost in, you know, Ben becoming super shredder. So I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, just to kind of, I and mean, we probably have hit this point before, which is like, it's so weird to me to see Zeb undermine the character that he spent what 19 issues building up and establishing, you know, real stakes for. And, you know, I, I think we're going to talk about this later in the episode, but like this is really sold as a tragedy, but then to like make him so dumb, like I, I, I've never seen someone put in all the work, not that we loved everything about beyond, but you, you can admit at least like it was work. Like they, they chose to like heighten Ben Riley as a character to bring him out of relative obscurity and, you know, invest that much of the title on him, even if it was a stopgap, you know, but to then like, just kind of like wash that away. It's just really an odd decision. Like I, I, I don't know a, a creator that that is that, you know, not like imprecious about the work they've done, which like based on everything I've read of Zeb Wells, 
you know, he, he seems like a guy who puts a lot of care into these things. So it, it's just very strange altogether from a negative. I want to talk about the positive, the, the bright shining light uh, of this issue. And if my Twitter is anything to believe, be believed, I like I posted images of rec rap and it was the farthest a tweet I've ever tweeted has ever gone. Like, like I, I thought my like viral thread, so to speak on uh, the end of the Nick Spencer run was something like just posting images of rec rap and saying, I like this guy went really far. So there is something like, I know I said rec rap had razor back potential. I'm really sticking by it. I, I think he was really fun in this issue. And like, you know, I wouldn't say redeems uh, uh, the story, but li- like it was just a lot of fun. But at the same time, I'll say this. I love you, Rep Rap. I never want to see you again. Do not overstay your welcome. Or at least I don't want to see you for like several years or something like, you know, like, like, like that. that's a joke that you could pay off again in a few, you know, after a healthy absence, I would say I, I'm out of the prediction business, but the, there, there is a part of me that is concerned that, you know, the, the popularity, if you will, will mean that rec rap is going to overstay his welcome a bit. But I, I, I mean, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, it's funny. This is like, like as within the realm of this and look, I, I I hate to be so pejorative, but I'm just going to say it. within the realm of this dumb comic, like like it works really well. Like I like like I went from like some of this stuff is cringy in you know, the last three issues. But like this is like cringy, but funny, cringy, you know, like I'm laughing at it. I like it, it, it's it's sincere laughter. Like I, I don't know what what other notes I can give besides the fact that like. It's dumb, but used well. It's funny dumb. I never knew I wanted to see Spider-Man as a Ninja Turtle, you know, but like, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, like, like I, I, I had some fun with it. You know, my, my fear is, I don't know if you read Solid and Ahmed's Miles Morales run, but the shift character was one that like was introduced in the clone saga and should not have survived the clone saga. Like I, I don't need a character hanging around and saying thwap, thwap, thwap and glorp, glorp, glorp for, you know, 20, 30 issues. It's just not what I want because like rec rap will bring that tone with him. Maybe every time Ed McGinnis comes back, he'll bring back rec rap. You know, to me, the joy of rec rap will be that he was stuck in this really weird story and we can all just acknowledge Hey, wasn't it weird that time that we got a Ninja Turtle Spider-Man? That's kind of charming. But like end of the end of the case, like like uh, Razorback only has a place in my heart because he's in those couple issues of Spectacular Spider-Man. I know he's shown up since, but like in my heart, he fought Brother Sun and Sister Moon and then exited stage right and went back to Texarkana with his, you know, boss hog or whatever the name of his vehicle is, Big Pig. And I ne- we never saw him again, you know, until totally the action fine figure. for me. Yeah, until <laughs> my action figure. Yeah, well, now I get to see him every day because I've got the action figure here on my desk. But, like, I don't, I, I, I laughed at web, web wanging. I, I laughed at wall crawling time. I got no notes. Those are gold. They're really funny. Don't repeat them. You know where is a place where we can repeat things ad nauseum, Dan? Is it in one of our ads? No, well, yes, and that ad is our ad for the Slack. Can I can I talk about the Slack for a minute here? Mark, I would never stop you talking about the Slack. I mean, especially since I spent so much time there. 
Well, hundreds of listeners like you hang out in our community of Spider-Man fans on Slack. The amazing Spider-Slack community is absolutely free to join, and you can jump into active conversations with awesome people about collecting conventions, movies, new comics, old comics, and more, like Rec Rap. But Dan, what is going on in the Slack this week? Talk to me. Well, Mark, to, to your point about yourself, people have just started tagging you in things on the Slack, just loosely. Uh, <laughs> half, the, half the time, they're actually about you. Like like someone oh. read your book and really enjoyed it, or oh, they nice. want to get your opinion on something. But it's become <laughs> kind of a bit of a meme, because we're waiting for you to sign back in and just experience a true deluge of your name being tagged. Um, but, uh, okay, okay. But yeah, I, I, I look forward to the day where you just get bombarded by tags. Either way, it's been an incredibly weird week in the Slack, Mark. For whatever reason, we got to asking the question, has there ever been any not-safe-for-work fan art of Kindred? And we kind of settled on the fact that, like, Rule 34 of the Internet states that there must be some somewhere. And then that begged the question, is there some of Gog? And it just didn't get better from there. I mean, use your imagination. So, so I mean, what are you all waiting for? I mean, seriously, isn't that the kind of content you're looking to talk about? Come join our amazing Slack. This is how you sell people. This is how you sell people. I was all like, oh, maybe I'll log in and see all these tags. No, I will not. <laughs> I'm not saying we posted not safe for work artwork of Kindred and, and Gog, but I am saying if it exists, it may find its way to the Slack. I'm going to have to create a channel just for that. Yes, that's the content. I got to go full Gen X here and bring up like Jason Leake's character from Mallrats. And it's like, just a thing. Is this dork made of stone? I mean, you know, so. <laughs> it's, it's Kindred's dong made of bandages. I think this all started with me asking, hey, wait a minute. Why did Kindred have magic powers? Why was he bandaged? Why did he have centipedes? None, none of this, I think, was answered in the pages of the comics. Who knows? But anyway, you know, what's under the bandages became like the, the bigger question. So anyway, if that if any of that sounds interesting to you or you just want to nuke it from orbit, come join our amazing Slack. There's a link in the description of this episode and uh, that'll let you sign up in, in, in less than a minute. And if you're listening to this and like you were half paying attention and this woke you up like... Uh, like a scene out out of um, community where you just come back and everything's on fire. Like that's the feeling of the slack right now. So anyway, not safe for work. Kindred fan art in the slack. Sign up. All right. Well, we're going to go from bad to worse here, Dan, because <laughs> <laughs> we're going from, Kindred not safe for work to King Chasm. All right. It's just... good to be the king. And uh, maybe oh, there's not God. safe for work artwork of Chasm. All I'm going to start this conversation with is me saying like what I when I referenced earlier with Rec Rap that I was giggling throughout his stuff early on. Like like I'm reading this comic and like Dan, like when King Chasm appeared, I legitimately groaned. I was just like, oh no, what are we doing? Like this is this is 
Oh God, you talk about it for a second here, because like I, I like, oh God, like what I, is no, this? I want to, I want to drill down in this. Was it the design? Was it the fact that he was t- as tall as a building? Is it just like the very idea that we're like doing a level up, big boss, to wrap up this event? Like what? Where, where would where from from what part of your soul did the the groan emanate? Yes, to all of that. Like it's just like like the the, the design is dumb. Is the 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 concept is dumb. Like you said, it's a boss battle. Like like like, you know, we 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 had to make Ben even more super powered and unbeatable. And like it's just like nothing. None, you know, if none of this was earned earlier in the story in terms of the stakes, now it's really out the window because it's just like. He's got a scythe and he's he's King Chasm and he looks like I, I, I like he looks like Super Shredder. I'm sorry. Like, I don't like I, I'm sure I'm like the only one who listens to this show. That's like, you know, like, look, when I was in whatever grade that was, I think it was fourth grade and, and Ninja Turtles 2 came out and Super Shredder came out. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. And then, like, you know, I've gone back and it doesn't age well. And there's nothing about this that aged or is it looks good. Now in the future, twenty years from now, it's all dumb, Dan. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's so dumb. My first reference when I saw this was um, uh, the devil from Disney's Fantasia. Like, like, like that was the design. But I see Super Shredder. The idea of like, uh, it's not just spikes. He's got spikes on spikes. You know, like it's it, it, it's that design concept. You know, and 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 we have said that like uh, Dark Web is very much like a, like a nineties pastiche. And like to me, this was like like the worst excess of of '90s comics was like just like hardcore designs. Look how big he is! He's got pouches on top of pouches. You know, granted, you know that kind of thing works well in a backpack. But yeah, I I I don't know, man. I this got a groan out of me too, but mostly just for like up. We're just following the event playbook. Like we got to have a big boss and we got to have a big blue laser coming from the sky. And it's got to have like world ending stakes and everybody's got to team up to take down the big guy that they punch it just hard enough. You know, it's going to go down. And again, I don't know how this is going to resolve, but like, I thought that this story was going to be a little more personal than this, you know, especially since like Nick Lowe, sold this arc on like tragedy for, for Ben Riley. Like all the interviews have said, you know, we didn't have anything to do with this character. We didn't know what to do with him. So we thought we'd bring him back and give him like a tragic end. And like, if you're going to bring him back, like I hope he had something cooler than making him, him the size of a New York skyscraper. Like I, it's just not what I want to read. And honestly, as much as I like to push back on like idiots on Twitter that like, like to say Spider-Man comics are ruined every day because Mary Jane isn't dating Peter. And how dare you cut short the Nick Spencer run, however much truth or not truth there is in that the people who are like big Ben Riley fans, like I kind of pouring one out for them. Like if you're screaming character assassination, like I'm not going to quiet you at this point because this is, this bears no resemblance to Ben Riley. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and I I I do want to like kind of pick this with something you said, Dan, where it was like, well, you know, it's it, it, this is kind of like the event comic pastiche, and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess, but like, I don't know, like in Infinity Gauntlet, it's not like Thanos became like you know super mega Thanos, you know what I mean? Like it's just like to me, like this is you know from a narrative standpoint, this is 
committing the crime of of you know telling not showing you know what i mean like it's it's just like you know we're, we're not going to we're not going to actually show a story of ben progressing to this point where he obtains this massive power because there's no reasonable way to do it because like it's just not part of the character's biography and there really was no reasonable way to do that so instead we're just gonna like you know click our fingers and and superpower him up it's like you know it, it this this reminds me it's less about comics and more about like this is like the end of a video game where it's like oh i i'm in castlevania and i just beat dracula but wait no now it's it's mechanicalized dracula with a floating head that shoots fire you know like it's it's so dumb like i i like i like this is this is like not the right kind of hybrid media here you know what i mean like this is this is just like throwing stuff against the wall and being like really grossly unintelligent about it and yeah it's character assassination like this guy i i i don't know like okay i am gonna i am gonna break my rule when you mentioned earlier like oh can't madeline like in the conclusion just give ben his memories back i don't want this ben to have his memories back screw this ben <laughs> like it's like this is so unenjoyable i don't want to see redemption here because this is not worth redeeming not because ben riley is not worth redeeming but like what they've done to this character it's not worth like to walk it back would be even more infuriating because it's Emma. Why did you go this far with it? If you were just going to walk it back in a in like a snap in a hand wave way, you know. So well, that's it's all I the kind say. of thing that would like be very like bad for this individual story for the character long term. I'm like, okay, like take it a different direction. This is not the direction I want this character going in. Well, so they, like, they, yeah, if they do that, like, and then like he's got to join Rec Rap, and like I don't need he. I can't see Ben Riley for the next five years. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, you know, like because this is like really like soured me on Ben Riley, you know, if this is this is the best they could do with this character. Well, I mean, great. Like, like put him away for five years, like uh, get him out of the hands of, of people that don't know how to use him. You know, like like again, Nick Lowe said in the back of like the letters page in one of these books that like they didn't know what to do with the character. Like if this is the end of the character, like don't keep doing things with him if you don't know what to do with him. Like, like he's fine. He was forgotten for years and no one cared, you know, like, like let, not that nobody cared about the character, but like people were fine letting him rest. Let, let, let the character uh, uh, rest up, please. I mean, I ultimately blame people like me who like, you know, went back to their childhood and like tried to find value in the clone saga because, you know, like. You know, and we've 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 like adjudicated the clone saga so much like, oh, it didn't have to be as bad as it was. You know, it, it didn't mean to be it wasn't supposed to go this long. You know, these characters were supposed to have more stories. And hey, look, these characters were actually kind of popular and blah, 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 blah. You know what? Clone saga was was not good. <laughs> <laughs> Mark is like he's just been beaten. He's just he's just he's just a beaten pup. And 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 we just don't need to recycle anything from it anymore. Like, you know, like you know, maybe maybe now like, you know, it's been damn, we've been doing this show almost 10 years now and 10 years ago was like the peak of the superior Spider-Man era. So maybe like, you know, some of the next wave of creators are going to want to like relitigate superior Spider-Man. So we're going to get like a whole new era of, of like bringing back stuff from that. We're going to see menace again or not menace massacre. And, and, you know, we're going to finally find out like 
what happened to Massacre? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is he dead? Like, like I thought he was dead, but then he wasn't dead. No, I'm calling it, Mark. We're getting a Judas Traveler is swapping brains with Peter Parker. You know, like that's... That's the next, that's the next big thing. So like we are at the end here of this mini arc and I think we've kind of said like a lot, you know, about it. I, I, my conclusion is that it was too stuff with the, to the brim with ideas and tones, but also that it felt like it was spinning its wheels until the finale can return back to the regular tone and wrap things up. Like, uh, I don't know why. I mean, maybe like Zeb needed to get ahead or something, but it just feels like a tragic miscalculation in tone uh, to the point that I even wrote a letter into them, almost like uh, like retroactively walking back my praise uh, <laughs> uh, uh, that was printed in the back of the other letters column. Like, but my my real hope is not to criticize. It's like I want to know like what's going on that like this book could take such a turn like this, like what's going on in the office? Like peel back the curtain. Why, why did we need to do this? Like what, what cards do they have that I don't have that like would help me understand why they felt like this was the direction that this title needed to go. And if it's nothing, it's just like, whatever, like we're letting them do whatever. That's good to know too. Yeah, I, I, I got nothing else to add to that, Dan. I mean, you know, like I've I've been beating this thing up pretty badly. I not 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 to kind of echo conversations we've had offline, but like there's a part of me that's like, maybe there's really not a story to this. Maybe they just wanted to do a, a fun, silly story with Ben Riley to take the edge off of what's been going on in a, in a more serious manner the last few months in this book. I don't know, but I'm not the target audience here. That's clear. You know, I mean, I'm willing, I'm willing to chalk it up as just a miscalculation. Like they didn't realize how big of a break that this would be from their story. Um, or they thought people might be desperate for a break from that story, which I, I think it's safe to say, no, people weren't. But then I go on like comic book roundup and I, I was like, I'm curious how the rest of the internet like in, in official places are responding to this. And of course it's glowing reviews. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, like I was about to say, board, so. are people liking it? Cause like, if they're liking it, then, then there's your answer right there. I mean, you know, we, we would have this same issue a lot of times during the slot era. I mean, like, and like, don't get me wrong. I'm not someone who like just likes to slag on Dan slot, like for everything he's done, but there were certainly plenty of stories that were not my cup of tea that I thought were kind of just silly and irreverent in a bad way. People love them. And, you know, like it, it was kind of a, those stories would always be like a look in the mirror moment for me where I'd be like, Hey, maybe, maybe this isn't for me anymore. I don't know. But you know, Hey, Dan, you're for me and you keep me going. So I'm always going to be here talking Spider-Man, even when the stories are not catered towards me. That's the bottom line. I mean, I think the good news is we're about to get back to stories. I imagine that are going to be very much for us. I mean, obviously we're going to get the finale to this, which I'm looking forward to just because I think it's going to get back to the tone that was established. And I'd like to at least put an end cap on, on this story in some way and like, see what direction they want to take Ben in. You know, I, I mean, I'm not like enthusiastic about it, but like, it'd be nice to kind of put like a pin in it if possible. And then we're going to get, you know, obviously the Joe Kelly led stuff and, and I'm up and down on Joe, 
you know, he does one of my favorite Spider-Man stories ever with the rage of the rhino. And then he does, you know, this kind of like weird nonstop Spider-Man, you know, stuff that he was doing. So we'll see what those two issues are like. Uh, all I know is I'm thrilled to get the conclusion of this. What did Peter do storyline? We started to get the solicits for the covers and Mark, I know you don't read the solicits, but I had to send some of these covers to you because they're really cool looking. Where's, where's yeah. available Alan to, to, to make fun of you with me right now? No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, covers are cool, man. I like looking at a good cover. It gets me a little bit hyped for, for the future. And when, when you're in the depths of dark web, you kind of want to like pin your hopes on something down the line. So Mark, what grade are you giving this book? I'm I'm going to go C minus strictly for the rec rap stuff. I'm the same way. C minus. Like I did get a lot of joy out of that character. And end of the day, like I'll buy a rec rap action figure. Like the dude is just charming. You know, like if, if we can get like a diamond in a serious sea of roughness, fine, fine. But what happens if the character, it's a two pack and it's rec rap and King chasm. Oh, well, Mm. Then I'll have Rec Rap stand on King Chasm like it's a stand for the action figure. I need um, to see if I can find my Super Shredder figure from the 90s, and then I could just put, like, Chasm's head on on its head stand <laughs> instead. You know what I mean? Like, anyway. Um, I love it. I love it. Mark, why don't you take us home? I will. Well, it's that time. Time for all good things to come to an end. So we want to say thank you to you, the listeners and viewers, for tuning into this episode of The Amazing Spider Talk. Yeah, this podcast exists because of listener support on Patreon. For only $3.99 a month, you can help support our show's existence while getting early episodes, including these reviews the same week the comics release, exclusive artwork, and a ton of other bonuses. So, like, if you picked up every book in Dark Web and you've enjoyed our coverage and you were like, hey, maybe there was a book in Dark Web I didn't need to read, or you just have, like, you know, some kind of liquidity to your wallet. Like why not throw a couple bucks our way? Like uh, Mark and I put a lot of work into these reviews to make them special and we'd love to uh, have your support. But as always, a thank you to everyone who already supports us and what we do because it's a big help and it allows Mark and I to devote the amount of time and resources it takes to put this show on. To download our earliest episodes, including interviews with legendary creators like JMD, Tom DeFalco, Ron Friends, Mark Bagley, and more, subscribe to our amazing Spider Talk Back Issues podcast on Apple Podcasts. This podcast episode was edited by Rick Coast. The video version of the show is available on YouTube and was edited by Alex Galucki. Our artwork comes handcrafted by artists Ron Friend, Sal Basema, and Ray Sumzer. Our theme songs were produced by Rylan Bojack, Tony Thaxon, and Spider Madge, and our animated intro and cr- was created. And our animated intro was created and performed by Josh Sutton. So, Mark, until you push me off a cliff and supplant my throne as queen of this podcast. What's our motto? Do I get to wear a Frankenstein mask when I do it? I could only hope so. All right. Well, then it's with great podcasts. There must also come the amazing spider talk. Don't, don't miss the next installment.